Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning and we are pleased to be joined by Connecticut Insurance Commissioner Andrew Mays. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Aaron. Thank you for having me on today. Let's start with a little about the agency and what areas you are responsible for overseeing. Okay. The Connecticut Insurance Department, in a nutshell, oversees insurance in the state, which is important because of two reasons. One is we provide the protection that consumers need. The other is that insurance is a very important industry to the state. Connecticut still ranks number one in the number of people employed per capita in insurance, and we need to make sure that continues. And these are some complex issues you deal with, and the rules and laws vary a lot from state to state. Absolutely. There are 56 jurisdictions within the United States. The 50 states plus the six uh, territories, such as Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. And insurance is regulated by the states under McCarran-Ferguson, which is a law that was passed back in the 1940s. That means there's a potential for a divergence between states. What we try to do as insurance commissioners is come together so that there is a national system of state-based regulation. It's good for the consumers because we're close to the consumers. We're here. Anybody can come to Hartford and see me any day of the week, except on the weekends and sometimes even then. But we also have a system that covers everybody the national system that provides some uniformity so consumers can know they're protected. You think about insurance, you think health insurance, auto insurance, homeowners insurance, life insurance, but there there are other products and instruments, as they say, out there as well, right? There are absolutely any number. Probably long-term care insurance is the important one that you missed. And annuities, of course. Annuities, is that's an important part of our retirement planning here in the United States, and that's one of the things that we, that our insurance companies provide and that we regulate sometimes in collaboration with our federal authorities. Last month, your agency approved health insurance rates for 2020. On average, they're going up by 3.65%, less than half of what had been sought by insurance companies. How does this process work? It's a process in which we, are, we invite the public to comment starts off in the early spring. We get the request from the insurance companies and they tell us what they need and why. You know, health insurance is really simply, or not simply, but partially dependent on the cost of health care. So it's the cost of health care plus whoever's in the pool because that will affect the aggregate cost. So the insurers come in and they bring all this information to us. Once we have that, we've got a bunch of actuaries who review this in detail, and I won't even pretend to tell you that I can understand what they do. But then they, they assess what was asked for. They look at what they think the situation would be, and they make their decisions. And in between, we have hearings. 
So they, we invite the public in to comment, and uh, we had one on this particular hearing at the insurance department. We had a number of people come in to share their thoughts and ideas with us. And at the end of this process, I look at the recommendations, I look at the justifications, and I make the decision. It's something that is very important for so many people, including you know my own family. My wife is a small business owner. My daughter is you gets her health care from the, ex, the exchange at this point, so I know how important this is. And in the filing, it's it includes the number of lives covered. It says lives, which kind of drives home how important it is. Precisely. You know, we are uh, we are a country in which healthcare. We can offer you some of the best healthcare you can find anywhere. But we also need to make sure that as many people as possible get access to that healthcare, and that's what we try to do in Connecticut. You know, there is a phrase that we use. It's called actuarially justified, and I hate using it because it's difficult. It just kind of makes the issue a little murky. But what it means is that we try to look at how much this should cost, and we do our best to make sure that you're not paying any more than that so that you can get the health care that you need when you need it. How do you reconcile what the companies want versus what you will approve? I mean, this rate increase request on average was more than halved. So clearly there are some differences of opinion there. Uh, There are often some very strong differences of opinion. I can tell you that because I get the phone calls from some of our industry representatives who may not necessarily be happy with us. Industry makes its best case and, you know, they go and they look at, there are a number of issues that will affect us. Trend is probably the single most important, and what that means is they will look at the various costs that they have from their various contracts with hospitals. We know the cost of prescription drugs is rising rapidly. All of that stuff, they come in, they bring it to us, and we look at it, and as I said, our actuaries are looking at the numbers very closely, and wherever they can find spending or costs that they think should be reduced, they will, and we were able to make a significant difference, I think, this year. One thing that I do want to mention this year, and you mentioned that uh, the plans went up 3.65% on average for individual plans. 3% of that increase, roughly, is due to a federal tax that was reinstated this year. So without that tax, the increase is a little more than half a percent. And that tax is related to moves by the Trump administration related to the Affordable Care Act. Right. That's the health insurance tax. I think that's a technical name for it. And that's paid to, I mean, that has nothing to do with us, but the insurance companies have to pay that to the federal government. How much uncertainty remains surrounding the Affordable Care Act? Those who want to scrap it and start over or scrap it and do who knows what and those who want to keep it? Let me... (laughs) caveat here by saying we are regulators. We are not policymakers. Our job is to make sure that the people that we regulate, the insurance companies, do what they are supposed to do, keep their promises to the people of the state. Whatever the structure is, we will keep doing our job. Is there a lot of uncertainty surrounding the Affordable Care Act? Well, Clearly, there is uncertainty. We're still waiting on the result of the uh, federal lawsuit, uh, which could invalidate the act. And there are ways to address or to attack the act around its edges. 
And we have an election coming up next year, a huge election, which may have a major impact on the future of the ACA. You mentioned your your job is to enact the, you know, wishes of policymakers. How difficult is it to to stay above the politics in the job you do and the job your agency does? That's a requirement. You know, we have I have a fantastic staff. I will tell you that I do have some experience in this industry from both sides. And the staff of the Connecticut Insurance Department is as good as you will find anywhere. They've got a great reputation. And they've worked with every administration, Republican or Democrat, independent, doesn't matter. What they're doing is they're doing their job as professionals. And I really do appreciate that. And I don't think they get the uh, support or the recognition they deserve. And I'm always happy to say what a great job I think they do. One of the consumer issues that comes up over time is, you know, insurance companies are negotiating with hospitals and other providers on what they pay. And sometimes these agreements that are in place come to an end. The consumer gets a, a note saying, oh, your doctor is no longer covered because we're, we're currently in contract discussions or something. Does the insurance department have a role to play there? We have a very small role in that it is not our responsibility to get involved in contract negotiations between a provider, which is what we call a hospital or a doctor or a chiropractor, and the insurer. That is not part of our mandate. However, what we do care about is that our consumers, A, are adequately notified, and B, that they have the ability to get the care they need. And to do that, we use what we call a network adequacy test. So if you're with an insurance company, they should be able to provide you with the people you need to give you the care you need within a reasonable distance. If you have any concerns with that, and if you think anything's changed since you bought your policy and it's made it more difficult, give us a call at the insurance department. That's what we're here for. So, for example, an insurer floating a network with one doctor wouldn't fly? It would not fly unless there were one patient right next door. <laughs> that was pretty <laughs> much it. You know, we, we have to make sure because that, you know, this, this is a state where we've got the cities where everything's bundled and kind of compressed, but we also have wide open areas where people need to be able to get the health care without traveling for hours. In Connecticut, there are a number of places people can go if they have a consumer issue with an insurer. Where do you recommend starting? I would recommend starting with the insurance department, and I will tell you why. Uh, we know an awful lot about what happens in insurance, even if we don't necessarily regulate it. And some of the, fed, the federal policies, for instance, we may not regulate. If you work for a large corporation, your policy is self-insured. The corporation is paying for all that. You know, Under federal law, we don't regulate that. That's an ERISA plan. But we will listen to you. We will share the information that we think you should have, and we can tell you where you need to go. And in many cases, we'll be able to help you get there. What are some of the most common consumer concerns or complaints you receive? It's pretty, it's always, it's a pretty basic stuff. You know, my insurer didn't cover this. What do I do? You know, the crumbling foundations, for instance, I was recently at a meeting and uh, this is one of those things that you go through because of the way it's set up. The crumbling foundations captive is set up. They have to get a denial from the insurance company. There were people there that were saying it was taking the insurance company forever to get the de denials through. It's 
there's an awful lot of, uh, in a certain sense, procedural issues. You know, they're not covering, insurance company is not covering what my doctor wants. What do I do? How do I appeal it? That kind of thing. And what we always say is don't wait till you have a, an issue. You know, we're here not just to resolve your complaints, but we're here to offer advice as well. You know, we've got an 800 number and we've got a website, um, ct.gov CID, and with an easy email link. Reach out to us. We're happy. We want to hear from you because that's how we know what's going on. You are listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Connecticut Insurance Commissioner Andrew Mays. You know, with a lot of insurance policies, they'll they'll self-renew if, if you don't take any action. Uh, do you recommend people shop around and see if they can get a better rate? Aaron, we always recommend people shop around. It's one of those things where, as a consumer, I know how difficult that is. I had an insurance policy with the same company, and they were a wonderful company. They did a great job for a very long time. And then at one point I said, all right, it's time to look around. How much can I save substantially with another company that also does a great job? Things change with companies as they change their rates, they change their customers. So it always makes sense. You know what you need. Okay? You know what you should have. And if you don't, give us a call because we will tell you what should be in your policy. We'll give you ideas so you can make sure that the coverage adequately reflects your concerns. And then you go to the companies, you go to the brokers, you go to the agents, and you shop around just like you would for anything else. And I suspect it's important to make sure you're comparing apples to apples and not apples to tangerines. Absolutely. And that is why we suggest you come to us. We've, we've got stuff on our website that you can look at, but you have to know what kind of coverage you have. You have to make sure they're what the in, the exclusions are. So if you have an apple orchard, you want to make sure that you've got adequate coverage for that. If you're doing, if you've got a home business, you want to make sure you have adequate, adequate coverage. And there are issues like flood insurance, for instance. We you know, I'm hoping people know that flood insurance is not part of your normal homeowner's policy. So if you're living anywhere near a flood zone, then you sh- might want to consider getting that as a separate policy. You mentioned the captive insurance company related to crumbling foundations. What is your agency's role in that? Our agency's role is strictly oversight with that, and that's the, the role, or role by law. We have to make sure that the captive insurance company is solvent, that it's got good leadership. The same things that we would do for any other insurance company. However, we have been involved in just reaching out in, in terms of a larger issue separate from the foundation. Just in, we, we reach out. We want to make sure that we people understand that we know what the issues are. You know, this governor, Governor Lamont, has been working on ways to try to get more people involved the bankers, more insurance companies, because we need to come up with some kind of solution that will help these unfortunate homeowners who are suffering from crumbling foundations. You've obviously been in the industry a long time. Have you ever seen anything such as this before? Crumbling foundations? Uh, Well, not necessarily such as crumbling foundations. I've seen issues in one particular issue. I've seen an issue where insurers and the insurer just couldn't come to an agreement. And one happened, I was with the New York State Insurance Department, Eric Danalo was the commissioner, and it had been more than a decade since the uh, World Trade Center had been destroyed. 
and there was no agreement between the insured and some of the insurers as to who or how much to pay. And what Eric Danalo did was bring everybody into a room and say, this is a public good. Let's figure out how to get it done. And every time I go down, I used to work near the World Trade Center at the Two World Financial Center, and I'd look and watch the buildings go up. And I'd say, I was there. I knew the guy who made that happen. And for people who have a failing foundation, it is a very emotional issue. In most cases, it's the most expensive asset you have. Absolutely. And it is a matter of much concern to us. You know, there are, we're looking at ways to try to get help. In Canada, for instance, and uh, the, the issue is pyrotide, as you know, uh, which is a mineral that was in the foundation that came, came from this one particular quarry. And the problem is that the company that operated the quarry is out of business. And really, apparently, no, but there's no, not much blame to go around. There's just concern. Everybody did what they were supposed to do. But now those poor homeowners who bought the houses and see the foundations crumbling may be stuck with it. Canada, they did it differently. The government stepped in to help. In the U.S., our legislators, such as uh, Representative Larson, Senator Blumenthal, they're all working to see what we can do. We haven't been able to get much traction with FEMA. We do think it's a natural disaster. They may not necessarily agree, but they are also working on getting the Army Corps engineers and others to help with testing to see if we can find a way forward. One of the ways to help fund work to repair these foundations is the the surcharge on homeowners and renters policies. It's something enacted by state lawmakers, signed by the former governor. Have you, as an agency, had received much feedback from the public about that? We have not received, or at least I have not. This was enacted before I started, so perhaps there was more discussion before I started. I haven't received much feedback from the public. I've had more concerns from insurers and brokers simply in terms of the practicalities. How exactly do you do this? But we are beginning to receive the payments, and those payments will be dispersed. I think they should come up to about $8.5 million a year. That's a projection at this point. It's a surcharge, as you mentioned, on every homeowner's policy and small condo policy, and that should help. Earlier on in the foundation crisis, people were saying, you know, we, we don't have a good handle on how many homes are affected because a lot of people are afraid to come forward. Is that still an issue? I'm not sure that I would characterize it that way anymore. I think if you if you speak to Mike McGlaris, who heads a captive, he will tell you that based on the data he's gotten, they've developed a tremendous amount of data. They have a much better fix on the issue now. And it is, at least to resolve the issue now, it will be substantially less than we thought it might be. Now, another issue related to homeowners insurance certainly is hurricane season. We're still in hurricane season. And every year, the insurance department puts out some tips for people to help uh, safeguard their homes. Thank you. That is so important. And it's not just hurricanes. It's any natural disasters. You know, hurricane season runs into November, but we have, a, there could be a blizzard. Make sure you have a plan. That's one of the most important things. Know where everybody, if people are going to be in different places, know where everybody is going to be, have an uh, an agreement on where to meet, how to get in touch with each other. 
especially for issues like a hurricane, what you want to do is you want to have an inventory of all the stuff in your house. And if you go on our website, you'll see there are apps that will help you do that. So you can take pictures. So if anything happens, you will be able to show the insurance company what's there. You want to make sure that you review your policy. If you have any questions, again, call us. You want to make sure you know what's covered. You know, don't wait till it starts raining to fix a roof. You want to make sure that the coverage that you have will be adequate just in case. And then there are issues uh, mentioned like flood insurance. So you can uh, cover the ancillary damage that may occur from that's not necessarily covered by your basic homeowner's insurance. In addition, as if you're doing any kind of work on your house, you can do stuff like use hurricane nails. It's a way to mitigate the risk that you might face. And you know, there will always be a risk. But we'd like to work together with you to reduce the risk and to make sure that in the event there is a, a problem, the event that there is a natural disaster, we will be here for you. What sort of issues are, are covered by flood insurance versus regular homeowner's insurance? Someone once told me that if, if the water came from the sky, it was regular homeowner's insurance, and if it came up from the ground, it was flood insurance. Is well, that accurate? Yeah, not quite that simple, <laughs> but, but essentially it's got to be externally. There's a difference between in a hurricane, for instance, you, may, you have wind, and you can have damage from the wind. You can have damage from the rain. And that will probably be covered from your by your regular homeowner's insurance. And I say probably only because there are caveats on sure, exactly. Yeah. But if uh, if you have a storm surge, for instance, as we had with some of the major storms like Sandy, that's not covered by your homeowner's insurance. If water from the river flowing by backs up, that's not covered by your regular homeowner's insurance, and that's why you need flood insurance. Another issue you hear from time to time is fallen trees. <laughs> what are the rules when it comes to fallen trees? Right, if it doesn't hit anything, it's it's not typically covered, right? Right, far more complex than I would care to say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's interesting if the tree's on your property and it falls and it hits your neighbor's fence, it's your neighbor's responsibility. <laughs> well, that's convenient. You know? <laughs> uh, there are some things that will happen if it's blocking your driveway, for instance, or it's fallen on your house. The insurance, your insurance should cover removing it, not removing the tree, but removing the damage that's there. They could simply leave the trunk of a tree sitting there by the side of the road if it's not blocking anything. But uh, So that's one of those things that you want to go over, again, with your agent or broker. Make sure you know what's going to happen. As an industry observer for years, how big an issue is the matter of climate change for the insurance industry in dealing with natural disasters? Climate change is one of those huge emerging risks that we have to deal with. I'm not, you know, I, I won't even venture to say what I think personally about it. I won't, you know, it's not a matter of who causes it. It's simply that if you look at the, the numbers, climate change is happening and it is making a difference. Resilience is important. We have to be able to deal with what is going to happen in the near to mid midterm, and we have to make sure that we can not only survive it, but we can thrive. Our insurance companies are all on the forefront of dealing with climate change because it's a matter of dollars and cents to them. This is not about ideology. This is about making sure that our losses are mitigated and that the insurers remain solvent in the event of any climate change 
driven issues that would affect us. He is Andrew Mays, Insurance Commissioner for the state of Connecticut. If people want to find out more about your agency, uh, how can they do that? Well, there are a bunch of easy ways to do it. You can call us direct at 860-297-3900. You can send an email to us at cid.ca, and that's for consumer affairs at ct.gov. You can call us toll-free at 1-800-203-3447, or you can do what I do. Go to the website, which is ct.gov cid, and that will give you easy access to everything. And again, we're here. If you want us to have somebody come talk to your group, reach out. We're happy to share the information we have. Commissioner, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.